Good morning. Good morning. It is the Heat and Light Podcast. Pastor Rob and I have been having very stimulating conversation this morning about all sorts of things. And uh, I was just so encouraged and blessed by the message this week on the book of Haggai. I have to be honest, although I'm sure I've read through Haggai because when I was in Bible college, we had to read through the whole Bible. And later I've read through most of the Bible more and pick and go various places. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I've ever really spent time in this book. Poor Haggai. He's got two chapters in the Minor Prophets towards the end of the Old Testament. A lot of people just miss it. Well, and you know what the funny thing is? Is probably in the Minor Prophets, if you feel kind of intimidated, just go straight to Haggai. Go, go to the easy stuff mm-hmm. where it's very clear and, and there's amazing uh, truth there. And it also is very unique because it connects in directly with narratives that we're pretty familiar with right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, thank you so much for joining us. I want us to now get into the discussion. Uh, Pastor Bob, as always, is going to read a little bit of whatever text in particular mm-hmm. is in mind, and we're going to discuss it. This is Heat and Light. We're bringing it right now. Okay, so turn your Bibles to Haggai, and I just want to share a little bit of the context here. This is a post-exilic prophet, which means that God's people had already been chastened for 70 years. They'd been in Babylon. Uh, the temple has been destroyed, and now a new day is dawning. God is rebuilding his people, and the symbol of that is the temple. Mm-hmm. So they're back in the land. Uh, they're re- they started to rebuild the temple, but they just kind of lost gas. And uh, let me just read for you. In the second year of Darius uh, king, in the sixth month of the first day of the month, the word of the Lord came by the hand of Haggai the prophet to Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest. Thus says the Lord of hosts, these people say, the time has not yet come to rebuild the house of the Lord. They had started. These people. Yeah. That's how it always starts. These people. This <laughs> These is what people. they're saying. And, you know, we, I think, need to wonder about what are we saying? You know, what kind of people are we? Mm-hmm. And I think we're going to recognize ourselves in this. Uh, so it says, these people say the time has not yet come to rebuild or to finish rebuilding. They already started, but they're basically saying, let's put it on pause. Something more important has mm-hmm. come up. Uh, then the word of the Lord came by the hand of Haggai the prophet. Is it time for you? to dwell in paneled houses while this house lies in ruins? Now therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. You have sown much and harvested little. You eat, but you never have enough. You drink, but you never have your fill. You clothe yourselves, but no one is warm. And he who earns wages does so to put them in a bag with holes. In other words, they're never satisfied. And the reason is, God says, I have sabotaged you goes on to say, Consider your ways, go up to the hills, bring wood, and build a house, that I may take pleasure in it, that I may be glorified, says the Lord. You look for much, behold, it came to little. When you brought it home, I blew it away. Why, declares the Lord of hosts, because my house lies in ruins, while each of you busies himself with his own house. Therefore the heavens above you have withheld their due. And so God basically says, everything that you sought in your um, selfish lifestyle... I sabotaged it. Mm. And so you try harder. You you dig deeper holes for yourself. And God is saying, just think about it. Have you He's w- saying, get your priorities straight. Yeah, just figure it out. Have you ever wondered why it is that way? You've, you've left me. You've abandoned my house. It's not working for you. Make, make the connection, God is saying. Indeed. 
And that's the that's really some of the application. How do we make that connection? What is the connection for our present circumstance? We're not building a, a temple, a, a central worship place for God. We are building though. We are, and we'll yeah. get there. I'm, I'm trying. I'm teasing. Yeah. That's what and, they call it in and, the business. And by the way, um, Haggai is the only prophet that was listened to. Every every mm. other prophet got stoned or rejected. Uh, but it says here the people obeyed the voice of the Lord their God and the words of Haggai the prophet. I know. It's actually I was struck by this because uh, during the second service, um, I'd heard the message in the first service. In the second service, I went to my office and I read the book for myself, and I was really struck by this. You know, God's people are are listening, which is such a grace. Don't ever ignore that in your life when you're actually listening mm-hmm. to the Word of God, the Holy Spirit's at work in you. Mm-hmm. So should we jump into the yeah. questions or do you have any other... Uh, well, first question is important because we need to know what this... Yeah, this what is God's work? That's yeah. the question. What's the work that we're, that we're being called to? In this case, it was the temple. In our case, what is it? Yeah, I think, I think we need to realize that, that God was doing a lot of things in Haggai's day, but mm-hmm. the focus was his temple. And, and think, why was that? Why was the temple so important? Well, it, the, temple, the temple uh, was a center of God's presence. It, it symbolized his presence, but it was also the place where sacrifices were made, which is a constant message that God wants to give his people that without the shedding of blood is no remission for sin. It pointed to the coming of the Messiah, whose blood would be shed for the sins of the world. And God wanted that message to be clear. And, and really, it's a message of his grace mm. and his salvation. And these people... Uh, we're not cooperating with God. They're more concerned about paneled homes and luxurious cars. This always makes me think of like 1970s wood paneling when they mention that. Yeah, I'm not. I don't, know, I don't know why that is, but you know, one of the things that uh, I think is so significant about this book, it, it says it in this book, and just throughout the history of the of the Bible is the withness of God. The fact that God is a God that is with his people. He's not distant or far off. And so part of the reason the temple was so important, so central, is it meant that God was there. And what other blessing can we really ask for in life that God be with us? But the latter glory is greater than the former. Amen. Find out that whatever Mm -hmm. the temple is, it's just a shadow of what is to come. But I think we need to make the point that this side of the cross, yes, the building of God is his church. Yeah. You know, Jesus said, I will build my church. Um, Jesus said, I have a work to do. Um, Paul explained that, that the, God's work now is to create um, out of many nations one new man and mm-hmm. he describes this thing that we come to know as a local church, a family of families, mm-hmm. where there's structure, where there's obligation. And so when we talk about the work of God today, it means the church. Yeah, Peter used the temple imagery directly and mm-hmm. said that we are living stones put together into a temple to be a dwelling place for God. And, and I think well-meaning people can um, frustrate God, and not that God is ever frustrated, but they miss out when they do a lot of good things. I'm a loving person. I pray. I give money to this charity. I go on mission trips. Uh, but they don't love the church. They don't mm. love their local. They don't even go. Or they're, they're, they give to their church leftovers. And In fact, they can spend, many of us can spend most of our time criticizing the local church rather than finding solutions and loving the local church, even in its flaws. And by the way, when this temple was built, 
there were there were people who despised it because it wasn't glorious. Mm. And and I get that. It it was just a building and the church likewise as good as it is is not glorious. You know, there are a lot of things that you can criticize about the church, but when when the temple of Haggai eventually did get built, there's a, there's a verse here that says that the latter glory will be greater than the former. Mm-hmm. In other words, um, just understand that God knows the church isn't perfect. And there's coming a day when God's work will be perfected, but it doesn't mean you diss it in the meantime. This is God's work, and, and we need to love it. We need to give uh, financially to support it. We need to give our energy. When we stand before God, he's going to ask us, uh, how did you participate with me in the building of my church? And, and if the, the temple was so important, if the building of the church is so important in terms of the witness of God, God's presence with us, why in the world, in question number two, we say, why did these people stop working for the Lord? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, Zephaniah uh, talks about the, um, the external pressures, how, how Sambalat and Tobiah were opposing the work and I think there there have been some uh, who have given up because mm-hmm. they've been persecuted by family and they just give up but in Haggai's prophecy he talks about the internal pressures hmm. um, why can't I have uh, a better home why can't I have a better car why can't I be comfortable in this world mm-hmm. and so those are the pressures internal you know the flesh I don't think Satan had anything to do with that it was all by ourselves all by our flesh we said I want to be comfortable I only go to church once a week anyway but I live in my home I'm going to invest in my home. <laughs> yeah I'm there six I'm only there one right so. it makes sense doesn't it yeah and uh, you, you said some really great things about the insidiousness of of materialism and is really even touched on pretty directly in this passage. Maybe mm-hmm. you can talk a little bit about that. Well, you got people who are involved in in, in commerce. Uh, they're um, they're they're harvesting their their labor, and God is saying, you know, all of that stuff is good, mm-hmm. and God wants us to be successful. But when you have compromised yourself, uh, God will not allow that to work, and you'll be frustrated, and until you get to the point where you say, I'm beating my head against a brick wall maybe God is judging me. What is it that I have neglected? And in this case, you have not loved the church properly. Mm. Yeah, so loving the church, loving... And at Morningstar, mm-hmm. okay, we, I hope we get this. I, I'm, I think I need to do a better job at clarifying the work uh, of Morningstar. It's not enough for us to be a church. We need to be a church planting church. And so our vision is to, by the year 2020, God willing, Mm -hmm. that we will have five uh, churches, maybe not all at the same stage, but we'll have five churches that are doing the work of building uh, the Church of Christ. And when you come to Morningstar, it's important that we all understand that vision, that we all pray for it, and that Mm -hmm. when when you and your site or someone else's site has a need or you need some core people, that we understand that that's part of what it means to be at Morningstar. I'm going to uh, plant myself in that group to help that church grow. Yes, for sure. Yeah, it's very significant. What What are some of the ways we might neglect God's worth, but then still claim to be faithful? That's a really, that's well, a tricky, yeah. Because the enemy one. of the best is the good. Yeah. You know, so there are people who are good people. They love God. 
they give to all the TV evangelists, all the Christian ministries, uh, but they don't really love the church so much, but they're good people, you know? And I think in, in that way, you, you have found good things to do, but to disobey God. Mm. Just because you're doing good things doesn't mean you're obedient. And I think these people here, um, they were doing things that they wanted to do. And I think there, there are people who want to be sovereign over their charitable work. They want to give to the Lord in their way. Okay, don't miss this. What Pastor Bob is saying here is very key. Is the difference between being directed by God's priorities and by your own priorities. Exactly. Uh, sovereign over yeah. your charitable work. This yeah. is this is a key I'm going to tell God how I'm going to serve him. Yeah. And I'm going to do this in this way. And God says, no, you do it by enriching and nourishing and developing my church. That's my plan. Get with my plan. Mm -hmm. You can do things privately. I think we adorn the gospel in all kinds of ways. You know, give to the poor, uh, be involved in the Red Cross, you know, be godly citizens. But your calling and your work is to make sure that the church is strong and solid. Definitely. That is rock solid. And there always be good priorities. And for many people in our culture, especially with families, their kids and their family become their main, main focus. Those are good and godly things that God has called us to. But we see that in Jesus' economy, who are my mother and brothers? They're those who do the will of the Lord. So, I mean, the family of the church is your first family. And then you also have children. You also have family and, and we should be seeing seeking to really put God's priorities political analogy okay, okay. there Go are some it. people today you read the newspapers and we get a little bit concerned when our government um, is global they're looking at every other country we want to give to that country to that country mm, yes yes and um, we're wondering well you know we have a huge debt we know you know we have a lot of problems can we be that generous you know that altruistic uh, would can would the world be a better place if Canada got its act together? And I think likewise, when we think about uh, ministry, uh, we can't be serving everyone else's ministry and allow the church to wither and die. We've got to invest in the strength of of the local church, particularly the local church that God has called us to. Amen. Yeah. So everything from the way you spend your money to your personal holiness affects not just your little private life but all those around you who are connected to you in the church family. Mm -hmm. uh, question number four, what is the work that you are doing for the Lord now? Mm -hmm. What's I, the work? Well, that's, they need to answer that. And, and, okay, know, so this is, this is a really a call for the yeah, people who are watching and to I, flesh out. I, and I just, I just don't want anyone to think, well, I can't, he's not being fair. I can't do anything. Well, yes, you can. First of all, you can love the local church. Just mm -hmm. love it. If you love the local church, you'll find a way to bless it. You know, and it could simply be uh, if, if you're disabled or you're, you're um, extremely senior and uh, you just got all kinds of disabilities, come to church, for instance, on the Sunday, but come in an active way so that you're engaging people. You're, you're looking for someone to bless, to sit beside and just say, I'm so glad that you're here. Can I pray for you today? If, you, if that's all you did, you're making a contribution to the strength of the church. Yes, indeed. I mean, how much, 
I, I don't want to over-spiritualize this because I think that there's a great place to just hang out and talk and, and share your lives. But if every person at Morningstar prayed for one other person on Sunday morning, that could possibly revolutionize the entire life of our community. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, question number five, how have you experienced the judgment of uh, Haggai 1, 5, and 6? So this is personalizing sort of this text uh, and, think, and saying, what are you... We should have had the question. I, I just want to make Did a point. Did I miss something? Well, I don't know. Maybe I should add, have added a question there. But it says that when these people obeyed, <clears throat> the Lord stirred them up. Mm-hmm. Okay? I mean, you need to do the work, but it's not enough to do the work because you know how to do the work. Mm-hmm. They were stirred up by the Lord. The leaders were stirred up, and then the spirit of all the remnant were stirred up. And they came and they worked in the house of the Lord. But they did that with a holy passion that has been stirred up in them. They got it. They understood the importance of the temple as the center of God's work. And God needs to stir our hearts, not just because we've been nagged, mm-hmm. you know, but because we repented of our indifference, we love God's church, we're stirred up to be involved in it. Yeah, you know, par- partially that just, in my mind, speaks to one of the methods that we really hold dear at Morningstar is to really utilize the Socratic method of discussing and dialogue mm-hmm. using questions. Because that's going to draw out of you what you know that you should do. Rather than Pastor Bob, Pastor Nathan, Pastor Mario, Pastor Dennis, all anyone who could be potentially... Uh, in authority over you just saying, hey, go plant churches, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? It's not enough. We need to say, hey, look at this text, and then, and then stirred go up plant it. churches. Be stirred up. And then it says, work, for I am with you. Okay, mm-hmm. You don't want to work without God being with you. What was happening before, I think, maybe one of the reasons they gave up was because they're, they were working in, in the temple, but their passions were outside, hmm. and their hearts were not stirred up. So when you, you can't continue like that. You need to be passionate about the Lord's work. And so um, once they confessed their sin, God stirred them up. He was with them again. And he says, work for I am with you, declares the Lord. And you know, I believe that what what they were doing in terms of their private lives, their, their industry, their work, that previously was frustrating. Their pockets had holes in them. Their clothes weren't keeping them warm. It doesn't say it, but I'm pretty sure that once they got right with God, things were going a lot better for them. Mm, yeah. Yes. Materially. Indeed. I mean, there is a sense. We don't have a health and wealth teaching, but nevertheless, it is true that God generally prospers those who faithfully follow him. They struggle. We all have struggles. These are, you know, when we talk about the Proverbs, these are uh, not promises, but they are rather truisms that they often are this way and we should really press into that um are we how have you experienced this is the judgment one that i was asking that you wanted yeah, to go to before yeah. that just just to talk about how maybe god has taught you this lesson how you may have um neglected god's work and, and given yourself to something else and god's work has been denied your giftedness and your passion uh, and for wrong motives you are seeking to be successful in business and, and maybe you've got a story to tell about how just it didn't work and and God taught you in the midst of that nothing wrong with being in business and God wants you to be in business 
but he wants your heart to be in his work and what you do in terms of your business is justified in terms that it is the means whereby you are able to bless God's work. And hopefully your business serves people in a meaningful way that mm-hmm. you can you can see it as a continuum of your worship rather than as something that you feel is disjointed. Mm-hmm. It's something I come across all the time when I'm talking to young guys who are in their careers and saying, how do, how do I connect these two things? Um, serve the Lord with what you're doing. Hopefully Amen. you're providing a service and a, and a a product that that is a blessing to people. Amen. Um, how? Last question. How have we sought to build God's church in smart but unholy ways? That's a that's a tricky question, but yes, we've seen it, it a lot in this day and age. How do? Yes. What is? What do you mean by that? Yes. Smart but unholy ways. Well, you know, I mentioned on Sunday how the government wants us to be smart. So we have wheelchair accessibility. Yep, yep. We've got mm-hmm. fire codes. We've got uh, high-level accounting principles, CRAs all over us, and and human rights in terms of how we treat our employees. So the government wants us to be smart. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. adjust to other people. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, in the way that makes sense to them. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they don't want us to be holy. They don't care about holiness. They don't tell us to be holy or how to be holy. And I think it's not enough for the church to say we're well run. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and, and, and you can build an organization and call it a church, but in Haggai's day, God said, this is the way it is with my people. Here's what's going on. And then he gives this odd story about how a, a holy priest comes in contact with something that is unholy, and mm-hmm. he asks the question, where is the transfer? And so I gave the illustration. If I have a white glove that touches uh, dirt, okay, does the glove become dirty? Did or you does, use this or illustration does, in the first service? Or does the this dirt, is a good illustration. Or does the dirt become glovey? <laughs> the glove becomes dirty, obviously. Yeah, the dirt doesn't become glovey. The glove becomes dirty. <laughs> if only we could make new gloves that way. <laughs> so, you know, God, it's not enough for you to give your money or to show up and do things in the church. God wants us to be holy. Mm-hmm. And in, in our day and age, and this goes to the conversation that we had before mm-hmm. that he referred to, um, the biggest struggle uh, in holiness today is um, pornography, sexuality, uh, licentiousness, just the, the overwhelming... Um, scream of the world that, that lures young men in particular, and mm-hmm. all men, every, everyone, away. And so we can... And women these days, there's more and more. So we can be unholy and involved in God's work and wonder, well, why isn't it working? And God is saying, my work needs to be built with people who are holy, who are sanctified, who confess their sin. Job number one is to be right with God. Yes. You may not be the smartest person, uh, but if you are holy and humble before God, God will find a way to bless his work through you. Mm-hmm. And you can be right through God, with God, obviously through the finished work of Jesus Christ. God is perfect God existing in three persons, loving and creating the world. And then we as humanity in, in Adam... Our first father are fallen and sinful, and we need Jesus to replace that place of Adam in our life so that we can stand before God 
And then we need to respond to that. Jesus has offered us salvation through the cross, dying as a substitute where our sin deserved death, and that he offered us his life in exchange for our life. And you can have that. So, you know, that's a brief, brief synopsis. Come to a service on Sunday morning uh, at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. at 7601 Shepherd Avenue. We would love to have you join us. And uh, or also come to one of our sites. Uh, Eglinton East meets next on September 9th at 4.30 in the afternoon on Saturday. And we would love to have you gather with us to hear the gospel, to get into God's word, and to learn together what it means to follow God in holiness and to actually, even more importantly than following God in holiness, mm -hmm. to have his holiness transferred us because the amazing thing about jesus is he's the one holy thing that when he touches the unholy it becomes holy amen amen uh, by the way um our tapscott church site uh, they met on sunday uh, as usual but they were out in the park a public space oh they did a public space. if yeah. you go to our our uh, web page our our facebook page okay you'll see a picture of uh this outdoor pretty good crowd they had and I was talking to Pastor Dennis. He said there were some people there who were unbelievers who came in and said, I'm, this is very interesting, this experience. Um, I'll be back. And it was just a great day. Summer's a, summer's a great time. And, and a lot of our groups are having uh, barbecues. You had one on Saturday. Mm -hmm. uh, just ways to kind of get out into the community and let people know that the church is a place where they can find grace and where they can meet Jesus Christ. And uh, we just want you to be part of that if, you, if you're not yet to connect with one of our sites or with our main hub here at 7601 Shepherd and come and experience the grace of God with us. Amen. Morning Star Christian Fellowship is a place where the nations meet Jesus and uh, you are always welcome to come into our humble uh, building and, and enjoy our fellowship. Uh, before we if you're watching to the end, you are the stalwart few, okay? Mm -hmm. So I just want to say to you, I am looking for stalwart few to join me at 11 a.m. starting September uh, 16th, I believe is the Sunday. So during the 11 a.m. service, you come to the 9 a.m. service, and then you join me in the 11 a.m. service, and we're going to start studying through the book of Ephesians to get God's vision for the church. So if you're interested in church planting, you're interested in being a part of one of our sites, you need to understand how it is that God grows new churches. What do I do with my kids? What do you do with your kids? That's a fantastic question, Bob. Mm -hmm. Well, we have childcare because we're going to be doing this at 7601 Main Campus. We'll come together. We might sing a few songs, then we're going to dismiss the kids out. And uh, they will be able to be cared for while you and whoever else is with you sits together, opens the word. We're going to have a good Socratic dialogue over the book of Ephesians. It's one of the first principle series yes, that we have. Yes, it is the <coughs> growing in God's vision for the church. And mm -hmm. I... Yes, I can't see it directly there, but it's right over there on the mm -hmm. shelf, and we would love to have you join us. Uh, I will be teaching that, and I'm gonna be, it would be a great privilege to have, have you join me. Well, God bless you. Thanks for tuning in today. Tell your friends to tune in as well. We want to uh, expose uh, this ministry to as many people as we can. Awesome. Thank you so much, and have a great week. God bless. Peace out.